Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekolder, the Louisville Real Estate Show with you till the top of the hour. Got a lot of stuff coming at you. Let's get right to it. Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices, joining us today, 499-6360. Also, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. You can reach Brad and his team at 844-411-TEAM. My son, Greg, who does my marketing, our photography, and so much more. And uh, you can reach me, Bob Sekolder, anytime, 376 five four eight three and uh we will help you uh for a variety of reasons we're, we're ready to help you so something new came out and mario wrote in and actually alerted me he said that he and his wife are building a new home in olden county and is curious mario says to see what the best locations are to put a smoke detector for the greatest fire safety so brett i know you don't tell people where to put them, but your thoughts on this are. Yeah. So, you know, and it's interesting because Jefferson County actually has a more specific defined set of rules than Oldham County does. So, you know, different jurisdictions are going to have different rules. But the, the rule of thumb would say that anytime you're, you're going to want a smoke detector near any of the bedrooms. Um, so, you know, if there's a wing uh, of the house that has bedrooms in it, you're going to want a smoke detector there. You want at least one smoke detector on every level of the home. You're going to want a smoke detector near anything that is uh, that is producing flame. So, you know, it's it's a good idea to have one even in the kitchen. I know that they could be a nuisance there yeah, yeah. Uh, at times, basements. Um, but yeah, near the near the bedrooms. And then again, near just one in each living area. Now, if you're living in Jefferson County here, there's a code that requires, and Chuck, this is where you come in. There's a code that requires that you have a 10 year non-removable lithium battery smoke detector and you hardwired or hardwired or which would also be an alarm system that's hooked to an alarm Mm -hmm. system, but that, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chuck, technically it says you have to purchase that that 10-year non-removable lithium smoke detector uh, after a contract but before closing and have a receipt for it is that right yeah well you don't doesn't say you have to have a receipt for it you have, you to, have sign to do it. Affidavit. yeah and and you, you require that affidavit, affidavit right. closing, uh, indicating that you have done it. now is that if it's if it's not hardwired even if i have a hardwired smoke detector how like I, I i built a brand new home smoke detectors they're they're dual carbon monoxide smoke hardwired throughout the home when I, if I sell my home in two years, do I still need that affidavit? Do I still need to sign? I know I need to sign stating they're hardwired, but do I need to replace them? Do you need to replace a hardwired? I don't think so. No. Um, I and, I, and I was looking happened. in the, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I know with the, with the battery, if it's a battery uh, affair, it has to be a brand new, non-removable, 10-year lithium battery or hardwired. Gotcha. Gotcha. So... We understand that as realtors, we know that we work with that. We know at a closing, Chuck and his compadres are going to require that the seller sign an affidavit that they've adhered to that regulation. We're so concerned about it is that when we list a home, we have a document that we check to make sure they either have this or that or need this or that, and they sign it. So that's how important it is. But this email f- from uh, Mario started me doing a little searching, and this is what I found. I am shocked and a little concerned about this. You, you may need to upgrade 
all the smoke detectors if they're not hardwired and into an alarm system in the house that you own, maybe when you sell. The International Building Code, that's IBC, it's a comprehensive compilation of safe building guidelines. You're shaking your head, Brad, so you're aware of that, includes a requirement to upgrade an entire home's smoke detection system at the same time any major remodeling occurs, such as large additions that you're building, or maybe when you sell. And the, here's the difference. Be, besides having smoke detectors that um, are 10-year non-removable, the smoke detectors that they're proposing will communicate with each other, uh, hopefully wirelessly. So if one goes off, they all go off. Mm -hmm. Not such a bad idea, but at what expense is that going to be? I mean, if, it's at, if you're selling, that means you're going to have to replace all of them so they're all the same type that they, they communicate. Brad, thoughts? Yeah, well, they they sell those type of uh, of units right now out there where the where the they're all wireless. They do communicate with one another, and they're uh, I don't know exactly what the price is. They're probably fifty bucks a piece uh, at your local big box store, and you, that that is available out there as an option. But yeah, as far as you know, any of the IBC and how that would roll out. Because, I mean, the last IBC update I've seen was 2018. So there may be time, uh, that may be something that um, the fire protection people have decided it's time to upgrade what I'm, they're I'm selling. Looking on, I'm looking on Amazon. They range yeah. anywhere for that, the type that communicate from 30 to 60 bucks, depending on the brand, if you've got carbon monoxide built in. And a lot of the new ones, though, it's all frequency-based. So they, they may still communicate with each other when that, that frequency, that that alarm frequency is hit if they've got that that microphone technology built in, or if you've got like some of the new um, smart uh, smoke detectors that are hardwired, certainly they're all wireless based. So as soon as one goes off, they all know that the rest are going off. So I think things are moving in the right direction. And I, but, you know, but here's makes, where, yeah. The yeah, but is the, that, that's my point is that, is yeah. this going into code and do you well, need to change every single, yeah, I mean, anything that makes with. homes safer for everybody, I'm, I'm 100%, and I think everybody would be. But here's where I have a problem. From what I understand in the research that I did, the smoke detector codes for Jefferson County, which require the 10-year non-removable lithium, non-removable lithium, um, were written, those codes were written by one of the major leading brand smoke detector companies. And I have a problem with that because that, that's a conflict of interest. And quite frankly, I want the, the fire department to write the code. I want an expert with the fire department who they know what needs to happen. And those are the people I trust, not some company that's a smoke detector company who can make some more bucks by changing this, moving that, and now talking, everybody's got to smoke detectors have to talk to each other so no other couple other companies that uh, make the rules and then sell the sell the, the or, or make make the sickness and sell the the the, the, the uh cure rather it's but, wrong uh, yeah it's wrong in this case of of smoke detectors i think you you do your uh you do your due diligence you say okay i'm a smart person do i have kids do i want a carbon monoxide uh smoke detector in their room sure makes sense to me it's gonna make me sleep easier at night whether it's one or two yeah. twenty dollars sixty dollars here or there i get where you're going down, but I think that's a specific Jefferson County. I personally know a couple fire um, chief uh, in, in, investigate, not investigators, but inspectors up in New York, um, and they inspect fire hydrants, smoke detector placements, things like that. So there are certain counties that do it differently. Certainly, Jefferson County. You know, Bob. Bob really likes to get on his. Uh, no, Jefferson I'm County just. I'm just saying, stuff. stating the obvious here that it shouldn't be a, a smoke detector company. All right, 
writing these rules. Let's move on. Thinking of selling your home, something new we've got. I'm now meeting with sellers, explaining the real estate secrets. It's no cost, no obligation. By the way, I can't say free anymore. Did you know that? The, that the National Association of Realtors now says we can't say the word free. So no cost, no obligation. We can set up a Zoom meeting or we can come together in person and, uh, and do a consult. Go to louisvillehousedoctors.com, fill out the form, and I'll get back in contact with you. All right, question for you, Chuck. Madison lives here in a popular Louisville neighborhood where there is no homeowner association or rules and regulations that are enforceable. Several times a year, a neighbor down the block parks their RV on the street, creating a traffic hazard. Can Madison call the police to have the RV moved? More importantly, she wonders, will they actually do anything or is calling them a waste of time? What are your thoughts on that? Do you want me on the radio to say calling the cops is a bad? No, no, I I want Uh, you to tell it. I'm not saying that. Uh, What I will say is that uh, if you call them often enough, uh, you will get results. The squeaky Uh, wheel theory? Exactly. Whoa. Exactly. Uh, In particular, I know of one uh, neighborhood where people would drive, and it's a beautiful neighborhood, but they park their cars that are decrepit, uh, maybe tow them, and just leave them there. Mm. Uh, And it it took uh, a number of phone calls, but they towed it. And they eventually towed it. Got it. Eventually. Right, well, number yeah, it calls. took a month or two, but uh, yeah, the the issue with the RV though that creates uh, the it's not there for a long time. It's there for a short period of time and inter- intermittently. A uh, lot less likely you're going to get anything done with that. All right. Uh, one one question before we take a break. This is from uh, Tony. And it's really for both of you guys. For, and, and Greg, you can jump in here as well. Tony owns a condo here in Louisville. He sent us an email. He says he's trying to sell the condo. The neighbor above had a water problem, apparently in the bathroom, and it's leaked down into his condo's bathroom. And he says he's contacted the president of the condo association. The president's been reluctant to, to do anything. He's tried reaching out to the condo's owner above and he's also reluctant to do anything. So what's the next step? So let's start with Brad as to what that could be. If there's, it could be anything, but yeah. water going over a bathtub or a loose wax So ring? Well, uh, it could, I mean, it could be. I mean, if you have shower pans, uh, if you have a walk-in shower with a shower pan, it's those pans will leak. Uh, the basket drain will leak there. Uh, we've seen water go over uh, the, you know, the, the short, you know, height of the, of the curb around it. It's not caulked. Water gets around there. It goes into the space below. So it could be that. It could be kids in bathtubs, water not staying in the tub. Uh, it could be a, a, a toilet. It could be a water line. I mean, there's a lot of different things that could be leaking. It could be something as simple as the valve. You know, there at the toilet is, is you know, a steady drip. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, a lot of different sources of water uh, from, a, from a bathroom in particular. I was, I was hoping it was something that could be reached from underneath from Tony's condo where they open up the ceiling and then they can do the repairs without ever having to worry about it working above, but it doesn't sound like that's going to be. Uh, I, yeah. I think they're going to start by looking above to see what's what, what the, the problem is, is first. So let's go back Chuck now over to you from the legal side. So if Tony is having the problem, the condo association, not so uh, re- reactive to it, nor the, the, the buyer, the owner above, 
thoughts on legal? Where does he go? Well, first off, uh, I would always say you've got to find the problem and fix it. Okay. Uh, before you can sue someone, you've got to have damages. Yeah. Fixing it will set the damages. Uh, so if it's possible to get at it from below, well, do it, fix it. You got to have it fixed anyhow. And then if nobody pays the money, sue everybody. Um, in this particular case, I think the HOA has more power than they're letting on. Uh, so they would be, in my mind, a target. Uh, the owner upstairs, obviously, um, is uh, creating damage. Uh, and when somebody damages your property, obviously, you can uh, get a lawyer and sue them. Uh, that would probably get their uh, get their attention fairly quickly. Um, it's, it's not a fast fix in any direction. Plus, I also see some kind of an insurance issue going on here. Uh, you know, somebody whacks your car, uh, your insurance company will go after them. Similarly here, um, uh, you file that insurance claim. See if you can't get it going on several fronts. Uh, the way I've seen this play out before, where a unit above creates damage to the unit below, the insurance company fixes the damage below and then sues the uh, uh, fellow upstairs for reimbursement. Mm. Plus, you've got the issue of diminution in value. Uh, yep. This person is doing something that's lowering the value of your property. You're going to sell it to somebody knowing he's up there. Yeah. Uh, mm. No, this is, I, I always prefer the apple pie diplomacy, but in this particular case, it sounds like maybe that stopped. So time to lawyer up. Got it. All right. The words of Chuck Crosby and Brad Lawler. All right. We're going to take a break when we come back. More of your questions. Chuck Crosby is here. Crosby Law Offices, they do a great job with closings, wills, a variety of other things. As Chuck says, if he doesn't do it, he knows somebody who does. You can reach Chuck anytime at 499-6360. Also, Brad Lawler, owner of Home Team Inspection Service. They're the number one home team inspection service uh, in the country now, seven years, and I predict soon to be eight years in a row. You can reach Brad and his team. They do a great job. 844-411-TEAM. My son, Greg, who is with us, who does our photography, marketing, and so much more, is with us, as well as you can reach me anytime to help you with your, your house, get a plan together, because that's really the thing. So if you're not able to find a home, because you're this few out there, we've got an actual plan to help you. Go to bobsellmyhome.com or sellmyhomebob.com, get the difference, and there's a list of some of the things that we would recommend, but also you read, fill out a form and I'll come out, we'll talk and come up with a plan that will make it work, all work for you. So you can reach me at 376-5483. We're back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. I'm Chuck Crosby, a real estate attorney here in Louisville with Crosby Law Offices. I've been practicing real estate law, fixing problems, and helping people for over 22 years. So if you're a buyer looking for advice, information, or professional closing services, call me. If you're a property owner, real estate professional, you have a problem, you just can't fix it, call me. If you're a landlord and you're having problems with your tenants, call me. Again, I'm Chuck Crosby with Crosby Law Offices. You can reach me at 499-6360. 499 6360. This has been a paid advertisement. Hi, I'm Brad Lawler with Home Team Inspection Service, Kentuckiana's largest inspection company and the number one home team inspection service in the nation. Our unique team approach makes us fast. Multiple inspectors means efficiency. Our teams of dedicated professionals, including many veterans, are trusted. We perform thousands of home inspections in Louisville and southern Indiana each year. We're accurate. 
The team approach means multiple sets of eyes and overlapping duties. Fast, trusted, accurate. That's your home team advantage. Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. Hi, I'm Barbara Corcoran. I built the number one brokerage firm in New York City by marketing luxury homes to the most qualified buyers. What makes the difference today in your area? The same thing, custom marketing to the right buyers. In Louisville, the agents with the best marketing plan are Bob and Greg Sicola. Their personalized marketing sells more homes for more money. If they can't find the right buyer on your deadline, they will buy it. Get the best marketing for your home. Go to resellouisville.com and put more money in your pocket. News Radio 840 WHAS Bob Sikola, the Louisville Real Estate Show. We're back with you till the top of the hour. Thank you, Barbara Kirkman, for your endorsement and friendship. We really appreciate that. You uh, can reach any of the following folks on our show on their phones pretty much day or night. Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices at 499 6360 great closings great guy and he does a lot of work and he's a good person to really know also brad lawler owner of home team inspection service 844411 team they do a great job my son greg and does our photography marketing so much more and you can reach me bob sakoda anytime 3765483 that's 376 Five, four, eight, three. Chuck, Melissa is writing in and says that she's buying her first home, but lost out on a number of offers. And a friend suggests that she have her agent write multiple offers on different homes to increase the odds of getting an accepted contract. Is there a downside to this process? I've heard of people talking about this. Yeah, there's a big downside. What if two of them get accepted? yeah uh, or more uh you can find yourself in a in a whole boatload of trouble if you do that kind of thing is this question coming from kentucky are we sure because yeah. i uh, know there yeah. are certain states like new york uh where you can do that because you have certain rescinding periods uh lawyers will draft up different paperwork and there there is the ability to do that in these crazy market times but that is simply a a product of the the process and their lack of in New York, the lack of having an associate, an NAR uh, board governed uh, body that, that keeps those rules in place like most states do. So Being I, I licensed don't know. only in Kentucky and in a variety of yes. federal courts. I don't speak of New York. Ever. Yes. And I'm presuming <laughs> that she, she is from Kentucky, but let's face it with the reach of uh, 840 WHS, it could be anywhere in the world. Well, and there's a lot of people moving to Louisville yeah. from other, other parts yeah. that yeah. don't know how it works here. So, but, but let's Chuck, there was a change in the contract very recently. I think the beginning of the year, Every which, year. which yeah, it does seem like it before you could simply get a termite inspection and pull out on the inspection phase that uh, changed that you're, you're talking a practical matter. Okay. Right. Well, I'm yes, saying, I could say, yeah. I don't like this and I'm out of here. Right. Uh, that would still be bad faith if you were putting out a dozen offers and yeah. planning on finding issues. Yeah. 
uh, within that period. That would but be bad state. Uh, I'm just going to tell you, it happens. So what I'm saying I, is- oh, I'm not saying it does. Yeah, I'm yeah. saying it's a, as a practical matter, what you said was accurate, but as a legal matter, not so yes. much. If, so, if legal matters come into play there and you are be, you are proven to be acting in bad faith, you are in yeah. fact acting in bad faith, yeah. you are the problem. Yeah. So to, to back this up, so if Melissa is putting in multiple offers, and as Chuck points out, two or more are accepted, there's really only one way of backing out of the contract, and that's to have a guy like Brad Lawler and his team come in and do a full inspection. So, and I know rain, it costs a, a difference by, based on the square footage of the house, but it's no longer a $50 termite inspection. It's a little bit more than that, right, Brad? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there really is no limited scope. The challenge for the home inspectors is, is that, you know, we have we have agents that will call us up and say, hey, I just I, we need to get out of this deal. Uh, I just need you to come in. And I, I know you're making faces, Chuck. These are the phone calls we get. I but know. They say we, we need out and we need you to come in and do a limited scope. How much is it going to cost? And the problem is, is that I don't know you know, if the, the clients are going to buy that house or not. So there really is no limited scope, according to the Kentucky Board of Home Inspectors. Indiana is the same way. I have to follow the standards of practice. I've got to in, in, inspect that whole like house. He's going to knock on your door. Exactly. Then I accept <laughs> the liability um, of doing this limited scope. And so it's um, it's it's turning into a bit of a, uh, uh, a learning curve for the agents that it looks like they are saying hey go write multiple offers and we'll just we'll just back out but the home telling you got to inspect the home it's a problem so wait so brad how often is this happening because this is something i haven't heard yeah. how often are so, you hearing this? so we the change took place what the 20th of january something yeah. around there we're probably getting a call a week uh maybe two calls a week inquiring mm -hmm. about how we would go about doing it and honestly we've had agents that have been deeply deeply offended by the fact that we tell them, you know, we have to, we have to do an inspection on it. And, um, it's, it's so they didn't really know there's agents should be deeply, deeply offended at their own kind for changing the rules and regs on a snap no, of the dime, or not, or, not of or Greg, not knowing that the change has right. been made. That's, well, that's always, that's, that's the case every year. And, and, and yeah, the but, issue is that you have education well, and you have brokers in town who don't do their due diligence. Chuck, yeah. Right. But what's, yeah. What's the lag time between the change being made and then that uh, educational period? I mean, the, the latest bits about how, if you don't respond uh, within X number of days, oh, don't get me started. I mean, that's a whole nother. Yeah. Well, it's but, just, but it is, I know I'm going to get, well, they've, they've realized robots, problems yeah. with that and they're going to have to go back to the drawing board and fix some and of the things they've already changed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it almost seems like there's some sort of fad of the year and with real estate, yeah. real estate laws don't change that often because it's real estate. It doesn't get up and go anywhere. Why should the contract keep? Changing? Well, I think, I think just there's so much change so fast now and there's a lot of agents who are just having trouble keeping up and they're, they're scrambling and they're thinking, Oh, this is all done to protect yeah. seller or buyer put more teeth in the contract protect it's always done to protect the end user at the end of the day they're not people aren't yep. doing but some agents are on their soapbox and they have a specific problem they'll go attack and it's not necessarily they don't see the the, the it's butterfly the unintended consequences right. you had an issue that went this way that doesn't mean that if if you say you can't go this way, it's going to only do that. It's only going to solve that one problem. No, it creates a multitude of other problems in other areas. And it has, as Brad yeah. pointing out. And so uh, getting back to the original question and writing multiple offers, Melissa, don't. 
you can not only end up with two homes, but it costs you a lot of money. Uh, and there are other things that come down the line on that. So be careful on doing but again, that for anybody. But again, yeah, our fiduciary responsibility is to you. If I tell you that and you yeah. know it and you sign off and right. you still want to do it and you've got yeah. the money to do it, there is nothing saying you can't buy two homes at once. Yeah, There okay. is nothing that says that. But when you try and bail on one and that agent comes after you for their right. commission. <laughs> Don't act in bad faith. Do it in good faith and make sure you know what you're doing. Moving forward, Cynthia selling her house. She's worried about her chimney. She uses it every winter, a number of nights, but never and has never had a problem. She's wondering how often should a chimney be inspected and by whom? Okay. I hope that's questions for me because I got an opinion on that one. We're, we're none right. of us are going to be able you, to answer. If you are burning wood in your fireplace, please get that chimney cleaned and inspected every single season. Uh, creosote builds up. We have people that burn the wrong kind of wood. Uh, you get a lot of creosote building up. You can see it. It's a shiny uh, substance. It's it's a tar that that burns on the in uh, melts covers the flu and it will light on fire. Uh, yeah, you've got to have it serviced every year. I mean, people that, that go 10, 15 years in between, they're just, they're waiting for a call to the fire department and hopefully- Yeah, and Santa can't make it to your house if oh, there's too much geez. creosote built up in the chimney. That's, Santa that's is going to get too dirty. Are we yeah, talking about gas and- No, wood, wood, wood. wood. I just yeah. want to clarify. Yeah. Yes. So wood, gas, wood is there burning. another standard for gas? No, no, no the gas, no gas. I just think that, I mean, it's easy enough to kind of vacuum uh, the, the fireplace out, vacuum the dust out. Cause that will catch fire. But if the chimney is clean, if the flue is clean, there's no creosote in it. Gas doesn't, isn't going to get hot enough to light anything on fire up above, but you want to make sure that, you know, someone's checking the, the, the burners are clear and, you know, they get really dusty, really dirty. You want to just clean all those things up before you turn on. Otherwise you'll have kind of a burning dust ball there. Uh, all right. That, that initial burn. All right. Final question. I think Ethan for this is for Chuck, Ethan's buying a home in the Highlands and just discovered that his soon-to-be neighbor built their privacy fence on what will be Ethan's property. And it happened about 10 years ago. Apparently, nothing was done by the previous owner or owners. And now Ethan is worried that because the neighbor's fence has been on Ethan's soon-to-be property, the neighbor owns the property. So, Chuck, what's the statute on this? And help put Well, if they openly, continuously, exclusively, adversely, and notoriously possessed the property for 15 years and then filed a quiet title action to take title to that property, because just because you've had it for that period of time doesn't mean you own it. You actually have to go and get a judge saying, yep, you jumped through all the hoops, it's yours. Okay. Um, until that's happened, no, they don't own the property, uh, but they've got stuff on your property. Uh, a, number one, did you do a survey to, to find this out? Uh -huh. uh, if you did, well, B, time to uh, determine whether or not it really bothers you that much. Um, you know, you, you looked at the property, it looked good to you. You wanted to buy it based on how it looked. So if you find out it's there, does that really all of a sudden mean you don't like it any longer? That doesn't make sense to me. At that point, you know, go over there and talk to them and say, hey, look, guys, let's put an easement here. As long as that fence is up, uh, you know, you can have it there. I'm allowing you to do this. But if the, if the fence is ever destroyed uh, or falls into significant disrepair, then the easement disappears. Uh, and then, you know, go from there.
And you you said 15 years. Did you pull that out of the air, or is there really a 15 year? It's a 15 year statute limit. Okay, I just wanted to make sure I got that. Yep. So and so to create an easement again, this is why you listen to the show, folks. That if you know somebody's having a problem, the guy to send your friend or relative or whatever to is Chuck Crosby, the Crosby Law Offices, as we wrap up. 499-6360 is the number to call, and he's the guy to talk to. If you've got inspection concerns or want a house expected, my suggestion, I think, and the rest of the group that's on here, because we've all used this group, Brad Lawler, Home Team Inspection Service, 844-411-TEAM. If you want the best possible photography and marketing of your home, there's no one better than Greg Sokoler. Unfortunately, you have to go through me and our team to get them. And you can reach. I'm going to retire soon, too. So, you know. Oh, you're not retiring. My days are numbered. My days are numbered. Yeah, maybe a couple of million years uh, uh, from now. (laughs) But you can reach me anytime on my cell phone, 376 five four eight three we would love to help you and to get your a plan together for you to sell and to buy your next home and at least share some of the secrets of what real estate agents do to help you decide which way you want to go and what you want to do no obligation and no cost i can't say free anymore no cost three seven six five four eight eight three we are out of time folks thanks for being here see you next sunday on news radio 840 whas